1: Welcome back to open the voice gate for August 25th, 2020. We are members of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. You can find us on the Voices of Wrestling feed or on the dedicated Open the VoiceGate feed on all podcast platforms and applications. You can follow us on Twitter at Open VoiceGate. If you'd like to donate to the show, no obligation would certainly be appreciated. Click the link in the show notes and you'll go to the Red Circle page where you can choose to do a one-time donation or a reoccurring donation. I'm one of your hosts. It's your old pal, Iron Mike Spears. And joined, as always, by Case in Case. Fukuoka was something.
0: do you remember the excitement that we had going into into last week's show talking about the rookie eight man talking about how Kobe Sambo Hall exceeded expectations the the, the show on paper was so much better than most Sambo Hall shows in general, then the show ended up being very good. I cannot say the same for the Fukuoka double shot, the day-night double header that occurred on August 23rd, because, and Mike and I talked about this a little bit off the air, we like the new Fukuoka venue visually, but it is half the size of Hakata Star Lanes, which is where Dragon Gate ran in Fukuoka from the start of the company until it closed down last February. So they have to run a doubleheader to justify the cost to go there, because it is a very important market for them. But because of the doubleheader, guys either aren't working as hard on the first show or aren't working as hard on the second show. And so these shows certainly existed, and that is about my strongest take coming away from these, is that they happened.
1: Yeah, like, I love Across Fukuoka visually. It looks a lot like a miniature corkin in a lot of ways. And they've even changed up how they do their lighting. And it might just be the way I am. But I like seeing the lights where it has some bleed in the background. It just makes it look very vibrant. But it's just, somehow they managed to switch when uh, they went from Star Lanes to Across Fukuoka that... Now these kind of feel like Kobe Sampo Hall shows in a lot of ways are like the ones that I would dread. And the one thing I'll say about these two shows, Case, is uh, we at least got some more direction going into Dangerous Gate. So, I mean, I will take that. But it just was one of those things that after it was done, I was just like, oh, okay, that's cool. We went through all of that. And, you know, it, it, this was probably the... Uh, I, I would say that out of everything, basically up until like the going back to the Lapis Hall shows these are like my these were like my least favorite Dragon Gate shows especially since relaunch I would say that as much
0: yeah no definitely i i mean maybe even this year other than the last time they were in Fukuoka the only other time they've run there this year the February double shot i remember we were looking at those cards a few weeks ago and i i just nothing had stuck with me from those shows. I mean, I had no memory of, especially the undercards on those February Fukuoka shows. I just, I I have no memory of them. And I think two months from now, if you ask me, you know, what was on the undercard of the August 23rd uh, noon show, I am going to have no good answer for you because it just all, it all blurred together. And then we look ahead to what we'll talk about later on in the show with the August 30th Kobe Hall show. And it's like, oh my God, that show looks pretty good as well. So, Maybe going forward, uh, we dread Fukuoka instead of dreading Sambo Hall, but we we are going to quickly go through uh, these Fukuoka shows just to give any recommendations to people that have not seen the show, which is on the gate Network and will be available through August 30th.
1: Yeah, so just running down the the first card. So they ran at, at basically 1 p.m. and then 5 p.m. So it was, it was day and night. They got... Two fifty two for the first one and then three if they got what was it? Three hundred and thirty? It looked like three hundred and thirty yeah, three. Three hundred thirty three. Which in that venue, which maybe seats eight hundred. That's pushing it. <laughs> <laughs> like that's pushing it. So like it at least it seems like that they probably did as well as you could expect. Uh talking about the uh, daytime show opened up with Toriumalin versus Dragon Gate six man match. Ultimo Dragon, Naruki Doi, and Don Fuji versus KZ, Jason Lee, and Mondairu. Problem Dragon, Naruki Doi went with a Bakatari sliding kick in 14 minutes and 2 seconds on Problem Dragon. In case this really, like, I, I'll say I enjoyed the fact that Ultimo has, like, a spur in his step when he's teaming with Fuji, but that was, like, my one, like, highlight of this match.
0: My my issue with this match is not anything to do with the match, but because the show started at one in Japan, it started at midnight on the East Coast, and I was so excited that I was like, oh, you know, this show is going to be what ninety minutes. You know, it's it's a no intermission, limited capacity show in Fukuoka. It's going to fly on by. So I get ready to go at midnight. I've got Drangate on, and it was it was like a weird. Uh, body situation where I kept on thinking it was way later than it actually was because it was only midnight. I would have been up anyways, and I'm used to it being, I don't know, four in the morning when I'm typically watching Dragon Gate Live, and uh, I was all excited for this show. I was going to knock it out. I only have to watch one show the next day, and then they proceeded to have the longest in-ring introduction segment where Yamato came out and was signing autographs, and I felt like They not only ran down this match card, I feel like they ran down the results of every show in Dragon System history. Those, uh, Yagi and the ring announcer would not get out of the ring. So I think this match hit the ring around 1220, uh, 20 minutes after midnight. And by then, I was not in the mood to watch the show. I tapped out shortly after this match and just rewatched it the next day. But it's a match post uh you know the the empty arena setting so limited capacity era it is a limited capacity match with Don Fuji in it and once again I thoroughly enjoy Don Fuji in this instance it wasn't Jason Lee or Problem Dragon that he was picking on he took KZ to his limit, he was stretching KZ like he was nothing more than a young boy, and I thoroughly enjoyed that, and there is no reason for those two to ever have a singles match, but if they did, I would be all about it.
1: Yeah, and like... A singles match between these two would be really interesting, but it, it definitely is like a King of Gate or like. <laughs> you know what it is? Oh, it's, hey. uh,
0: it's when they run the Sapporo triple shot in King of Gate. Yes. It's we're getting a KZ Fuji match as like match two on one of those Sapporo shows.
1: Yeah, and that like reminds me like last year when they were in Sapporo, I was like, oh no. We had a whole lot of Ryo Saito singles oh matches, and I was like, oh, God. it's Ryo Saito, but then it turned out to be, like, fun Ryo Saito matches, and I was like, okay, that's what we're doing here, all right, but, yeah, it was that, and, you know, I usually fast forward through the, the opening talk, because you usually can count on Kikuchi and Yaki talking for about eight minutes. It's usually about eight minutes, and then you can start, like, just scrubbing to get through uh, Dragonstorm and get it going, but then... But then I heard Yamato's spirit play. I was like, all right, are they already playing up the fact that Yamato has to do these? And they were in the ring probably for about 25 minutes. Oh, my so, God,
0: Mike, uh, it wouldn't end. I mean, if I was watching this show on demand, I I would never because I, I don't speak the language and it's, you know, Naruki Doi's not talking, so I'm not captivated by it. But I was watching it live and it would not end. And it was just whatever momentum I had like sitting down to watch what looked like a very average show at best on paper oh it was gone by the time that that opening segment finally ended
1: yep and that kind of vibe continued to the next match tag match it was the unaffiliated team of Masaki Mochizuki and Gamma facing off against Keisuke Okuda and Punch Tomonaga. Okuda submitted Gamma in 11 minutes and 22 seconds and we talk about this feeling like a Kobe Sumble Hall show. I'm glad I erased my whiteboard last year. Because <laughs> Gamma Gamma was taking it easy this day. And it ended up that Okuda got the sleeper hold on it, but man, man, this match is basically them just like trying to beat the crap out of punch and then Okuda came in and punched both of them in the throat at the same time. I was like, okay, Okuda at least has this and that was pretty much it.
0: Yeah, I hope and it's weird given that Mochizuki is currently unaffiliated and obviously there's the generational warfare where Akuda is linked up with the Dragon Gate generation. I hope that as time goes on, we get more and more Akuda versus Mochizuki interactions because it was obviously very smart of Dragon Gate given Akuda's in-ring approach to pair him with Mochizuki when he entered the company as a part of the Mochizuki dojo and then we we saw a little bit of it this year in January at the January Corkin and then at the two Sambo Hall shows they ran in January there were tag matches where Akuda uh, squared off against Mochizuki actually January 25th they ran Akuda and Tabanaga versus Mochizuki and Martin Kirby and then the next night, just to show you just how everything has changed uh, in such a short period of time, the next night was Jason Lee, Kaisuke Akuda, Coach Minora, and Yuki Yoshioka against Gamma, Mochizuki, Problem Dragon, and Martin Kirby. So that, you know, it feels like a lifetime ago that Martin Kirby was in the company. Uh, they had a singles match this year that was untelevised, which is a bummer. I would like to see that. But the, the takeaway from this was that Mochizuki and Akuda look good together, and Tamanaga and Gamma. Looked like Tominaga and Gamma wrestling one another. It was very much uh, two different stories going on in one match.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I mean, us having our long segue about how great uh, Tominaga was <laughs> this was not, this was not that. It, look, this it was... did
0: not make the list. It's not making the no. DVD comp that is hitting your mailboxes sometime soon.
1: No, and what's also not hitting your DVD mailbox soon was Succi Kondo versus Yo. This was the match that we had a wager on, just a gentleman's wager, seeing who was going to nail the match time. The match time was Suji Kondo over Hio Six minutes and nine seconds. So Case, looking at my whiteboard, you won that one. You guessed four minutes and 55 seconds. I guessed 320. Congratulations. You won Prices, Right's Rules.
0: The issue is that there is like 3 minutes and 20 seconds of action in this match because I had a stopwatch going this was the last match I watched live before I went to bed and I had the stopwatch on my phone going to see who was going to be correct and they do they do nothing nothing for the first 3 minutes of this match and then once the action picks up I could have called this match I mean everything they did I it I had envisioned the match already, and they stuck to the status quo, which was not a bad thing. It was Kondo versus Yo. It should look a certain way. But, oh, my God, I was – I mean, I can't, I can't gamble because I had so much at stake in this nothing match where there was nothing wagered. But I, I'm looking at these two going, just, just put them away. It's, it's going to be over. And Just do it. And it's just <laughs> – they, they did nothing for the first half of this match, almost literally nothing.
1: Yeah, my, my two notes I have on this match – well, Hio got the attack pre bell. Let's see how that works out. <laughs> and then and then the crowd is not by any of Hio's near Oh, calls. no.
0: It was... I, I, the, the Fukuoka Rough shows... Rough day. I, I mean, it, it's, it's always funny to me that Hakata Star Lanes has produced some of the hottest crowds ever. Uh, if you talk to Matt Seidel, he talks about his first time at Hakata Star Lanes. He had never experienced a crowd like that. And Matt, someone who did multiple tours... And one of his first matches on his first tour in 2006 was Hakata, And he still talks about that as like, I've just, I've never experienced an atmosphere like that. Which is funny given that Final Gate, which is in Fukuoka, is a notoriously dead crowd. And, you know, in Osaka and Kobe and to an extent Korkin, I think Dragon Gate has adapted pretty well to the to the lack of vocal cheering and to the limited capacity. It, it just seemed like a lot of different things died to death in Fukuoka.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just, it was just one of those things that the crowd knew was going to happen, and they were sitting on their hands until it happened, so, I mean, bless them, they tried. Uh, and then we got to match four. Match four was, a, was an R.E.D. versus uh, Dragon Gate six-man tag. It had Yamato, Kai and Kota Minenora versus Hulk, Ada, and Shimizu. It was Kai getting the win on Shimizu with the Medio Impact in 14 minutes and 33 seconds. And this was the first match. This was my best match on the first show. I thought I went three and a half stars with this. This was something that, I mean, like, Shimizu is just, like, after, like, the, the sl- how the first three matches coming out, Shimizu just coming out as the tremendous dickheaded that he was, like, put a smile to my face and got me into these last three matches. He had his t- new T-shirt he was very proud of, his laminated uh, uh, receipt saying that he's number one in the cage. We'll talk about that later. But this ended up being a fun match.
0: I am not in love with Ata right now, which is a shame because three weeks ago I was all aboard, but I just don't, I, I, I did. Well, I, I guess I shouldn't say that I shouldn't rush to judgment with him. I just specifically did not like the way he was handled on either of these shows where yes, he picked up the fall in the, in the second show, but it wasn't necessarily the cleanest way to do it. And I just feel like he had all of this momentum and he probably i mean is it this match probably should have headlined this show or at least he should have been the main event of one of these i think it's weird that the dreamgate champion was middle of the pack and then semi main on these two shows and i just i you know it's an RED match that even with Hulk, Shimizu, and Ata, which is a, a solid trio. I you know, I think the top top of the line would be subbing Hulk for Ishida, but even then I think, you know, Ada, Hulk, and Shimizu work well together. But uh, this match did not do a ton for me. There was a match on this show that I liked more than this.
1: Yeah, it, it was something that like I guess like with Ada, I look at it as very similar to how sadly Binkai kind of was like we had like all this momentum like stocked up in our brain that this was going to happen and they just did not necessarily kept it going you know and given what they were and what they did in the main event and in other matches on this double shot I get why you'd pull focus a little bit it's not necessarily like an exciting thing but knowing that they set up two of the title matches at um for Gate destiny with the main events of these shows I'm kind of okay with Ada not being the center of attention. It just feels a lot like how they, how they treated Ben K last year. Well, and that's yeah. like the thing that, the, 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 that's disappointing. The,
0: the Ben K issue after he won the title was that he had no unit and it's no different than I, I I've been rewatching a lot of 2005 Gate recently and Magnum Tokyo is bouncing in and out of Poss Hearts and do fixer And it seems like such an insignificant detail, but the booking of this company survives off of units and and unit interaction. And it's awkward when a guy is bouncing between two units, and in the case of your champion, to not really have anyone to fight with, with the exception of Shun Skywalker, when there was always a bit of tension there. I was always waiting for Shun to bicycle kick him in the back of the head and, and challenge for the belt which never ended up happening, but it was a miscalculation on their behalf, and I think they knew you know, that, that this generational warfare was coming, and they couldn't just slide Ben K into a unit, and they didn't want to create one when it was going to be imploded so soon after. I think in the case of Ata, we've seen him as the guy that is good but not good enough for so long. And yes, he headlined Corkin and looked good there, but on these spot shows, I think it's really important to position him as a threat, as someone that has taken the next step up, someone that is a main eventer. And I think the optics, just because, specifically with him, because he struggled for so long, I would have made sure to get him a main event match and to let him get the pin or submission in the main event match just to remind everyone that this is the guy that is kind of running the show for right now.
1: Yeah, no, like it's optically, it's kind of a little bit confusing. I do get it in like the scheme of, okay, you're building up other stuff, but optically and especially just like the idea that I know that like Shimizu is a low man in that match, but you know, you had Menor there, like he is being elevated. He is a champion but you had Minora there, so I do definitely think that that is something that felt really weird about the show. A match that I was a lot more excited than you were about when they announced it was Match 5. This was not listed as a uh, war match because there's two teams on Torimon's side. Dragon King Susumu facing off against the old tag team of Maraha Ginki Horiguchi, and Ryo Saito. Susumu won with the Yokosuka Cutter in 14 minutes and 12 seconds on Ginki Horiguchi. I felt like the match was fine. The more interesting thing to me, happened post-match.
0: Yes. I I was very confused by this match. I just talked about just the importance of units in Dragon Gate, and it's one thing, like, I really enjoyed the Mochizuki Dojo kids going after each other last year. This one, and there's a match coming up on the Sambo Hall Show we'll talk about, where it's this inner unit battle that I just, I I didn't think the crowd responded to this well. I, I think they were like me, and they just didn't know what to do with it. And then we were given a post-match angle, which was, you know, the most exciting thing that happened on this show, arguably.
1: Yeah, so post-match, uh, these shows, and in, like, the meantime, uh, uh, Dragon Gate has a relationship with Kyushu Pro, which is a uh, micro-indie, I would say. I've never seen them ever make tape. I know they exist. They they, up they, up always- the, uh,
0: they upload them to their own YouTube channel, uh, the, the the match that... It's set up the angle we're about to talk about is up there. They upload their their shows in full for the most part, I believe.
1: Okay, then I'll have to go back and watch that. Did you watch that match?
0: It, it is very much fine.
1: <laughs> okay, okay. So, after the match, so, if you all have noticed that Ginky, Horiguchi, and your Kosuka have had, like, these blue and silver belts. They are the uh, Kyushu Pro tag team titles that they won. I don't even know when, but they they won it when they came back to crowds. Uh, Mentai Kid and kodai nozaki of Kyosho pro hit the ring and then we're announcing a challenge for those two which is the other thing that made this match kind of weird because they are tag team partners uh, susumu ginky and they're set this up for the october october 4th uh, double shot and across fukuoka that the crowd was up for us the crowd know who these guys are so that's usually something that whenever they've had uh people from smaller promotions come through like osaka pro they don't always necessarily know who they are but it seemed like this was a This might be a a company that I guess Kyushu Pro probably helps out promoting these shows. And Mintai Kid's been on a lot of Dragon Gate shows throughout the years, but usually nothing that makes tape.
0: Yeah, Mentai Kid, if you look at his cage match, he is working exclusively shows in this region and typically just popped up on Hakata Star Lane shows from like 2008 through 2011. He seemed to be on at least one a year. Uh, The belts that Horiguchi and Susumu hold, they won those on July 30th of this past year on the Kyushu Pro 12th Anniversary Show, which... I don't know if they've scrubbed it. I I don't know why they would, but it was on YouTube in full. Uh, and they won that match against Kai- uh, Kazuki uh, Miyahara and uh, Naoki uh, Sakurajima, as well as Minoru Fujita and Kenichiro Arai. It was a three-way tag match. Uh, and then in the main event... Uh, Genkai, who was Dayu... uh, oh god, I'm gonna butcher Dayu
1: Qualt, right? Yes, Dayu Qual. yes, thank you. Yeah, uh,
0: he uh, had a world title match against Yuji Hino for the belt, uh, which was a, a decent little match. It was nice to see him, Dragon Gate alumni there, so or I guess Toriyama alumni. So that show, like I said, <laughs> is uh circulating out there on the company's YouTube channel.
1: I just looked this up because I, I knew like Mentai Kid made a lot of sense, made sense to me take a guess who mentai kid's trainers are
0: i gotta guess skyda is up in that system somehow
1: well even more so he's an Ultima trainee
0: yeah okay that
1: that's i can see that his other his other trainee his other trainer by the way you might better know him as makai number two but ryota Chikazuzen, who is the promoter of kyushu pro
0: so Mentai Kid, if he's trained by Ultimo, it looks like he worked an OWE show last year as well Uh, in this right, same building. Yeah. Like, wow, bizarre. So so Mentai Kid is kind of the the peacemaker on all of this. So was he a, a Toriumon Mexico product? Do we know what his relationship with Ultimo was specifically?
1: I do not know because that is something that he was wrestling He started wrestling two thousand eight. That was way post split. That was post UDO six. Like that was after like, any of the major kids were coming out there. It could be something that he trained with him whenever uh, Ultimo was in Japan. Maybe I don't see Mentai Kid ever working uh lucha shows. I'm gonna have to check. Yeah, if you this, if you uh, know,
0: please tweet at us at Open Voice Gate and let us know. Uh, if you have in depth knowledge on the training of Mentai Kid. We would like that information. Please share it with us. I, I'm currently on his cage match, and I should just note, because this match had to have been taped because it was Akata Star Lanes, uh, Kinsuke Office, July nineteenth, two 2010, Katsuhiko Nakajima, Kento Miyahara, and Satoshi Kajiwara defeating Mentai Kid, Masaki Mochizuki, in Super Shisa. I would really like to see that match.
1: Yeah, I'm going to look at this, this card here. Uh, we have Chang'o on the show. We have Go. We, we have Magitu Kishawada. We have Taishi Takazawa on this one. Main event, uh, Kensuke Sasaki versus Yukata Yoshi. That match probably no, sucks. No, the, 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 rest... the main
0: event is such an outlier. That main event looks atrocious because Yoshi has never had a good match. But I really miss of card... really Kinsuke Office and Diamond Ring. That was a, a promotion that was readily accessible when I was getting in to Japanese wrestling. And I, I got in... Sure. At, kind of at their dying days. But if you look back at those Kensky Office cards, it's just full of, like, what? Like, who worked who on those? And I, I don't necessarily know if if we're going to be the guys to do the K-Office retrospective podcast, but it probably deserves a second look, a lot of those shows, because they were really interesting in hindsight, especially given what Miyahara has gone on to do.
1: Right, yeah, no, I mean, and it was also, like, a cool time because you also had the Bioden shows going on too yes like it was a wild time like we'll have to talk about what we're gonna be doing as the next rewind rewatch because that is definitely super interesting so that was the most interesting thing that happened on this card <laughs> uh main, the main event was kz minonora and jason lee versus yoshino dragon kid and Sumi Yokosuka. uh susumi oh no that, that's that was the second next show not, second show sorry i scroll down on, on our uh run sheet uh no this was dragon gate versus red eight man tag my apologies, because I forgot this match. I, this I, match... I, I
0: did a poor job of formatting our run sheet tonight, Mike. That is my bad.
1: No, no, that's on me, because I'll scroll down to look at the Mentai Kid thing, because now that's going to bother me for <laughs> a long time. So the main event of the day show is Dragon Gate versus RED, 8-man tag. Benkei, Strong Machine J, Yosuke Santa Maria, and Dragon Daya versus the RED team of... Kaido Yoshida and his goons of takashi yoshida diamante and kazuma sakamoto kazuma sakamoto got the pin on Daya with the uh, true tiger knee subtype which is a really sick move actually now that i saw it's like why don't you use this as your finisher kazuma this move rocks and yoshida had some nice gear those are my two thoughts about this match really and it set up a triangle gate match that will happen at Gate uh, gated destiny as the champion team will go up against the goons.
0: I really like this. This was my favorite match on the sh- on this show, and I would say my third favorite match of the weekend, specifically because, once again, Dragon Daya looked excellent, and he brings out the best in Ishida, and I know we've been building towards some sort of Ishida versus Akuta blow-off. At some point, we're going to get a Daya versus Ishida singles match, and it's going to blow all of our minds, But he also works so well with the goons, as you put it. I mean, Diamante and Daya work great together. Sakamoto is just able to throw this kid around, and it brings out the best in Sakamoto. And even Takashi Yoshida, who on this show debuted a new look of some trash bag pants, which I actually thought looked good on him, and then he abandoned them in the second show, which was very strange. (laughs) But, like, Yoshida hits Daya... With his throat thrust, like his, uh, I, that's that's what it is. He shoves his fingers, you know, into somebody's throat. And Daya took the wildest, most aggressive bump on a move that, you know, probably should have been been retired after the 80s and world class. And Yoshida still uses it. And Daya made that move look better than anybody else on the roster ever has. Uh, so... You know, the, the, the Bin K Strong Machine J Maria Trio didn't bring a tone to the match, but Dragon Dia lifted it and I thought it was a nice three and a half star main event.
1: I went three and a quarter. This will make my list. It's just, just as a should watch, not as a must or essential watch. Um uh, yeah, I do like the vibe of the goons. The, the goons do have like this and Dia was like bumping his butt off. But it just was one of those things that after like the show like this, I was just already like going, okay, that's it. Uh Casma's knee finisher, by the way, he like hooks him for, for like a underhooks and then knees him in the face it rules like this should be a Kazma Sakamoto's finish from now on because it looks brutal or at least Daya made it look brutal and that was it for the uh, afternoon show it was a show that happened another show that happened (laughs) was the night show had as we mentioned earlier attendance 333 so it was massively up opening match was a unaffiliated trios match it was Fuji Cyrio, and Gamma versus Benkei Strong Machine J and Problem Dragon and yeah, I mean, you had a Gamma and Problem Dragon in this match.
0: <laughs> yeah, Don Fuji couldn't <laughs> uh, even save this one. This was a, a long 14 minutes.
1: It was a long 14 minutes. It was in half speed. Saito pinned at Problem Dragon with the uh, Sai rocket right before 14 minutes, and that's really all time we should give to it. And we're probably not going to have a lot of time unless you have differing takes on this about Okuda and Daya versus Yoshida and Hio. Uh, Yoshida got the pin on Daya, so I know that Jay mentioned that now everyone in RED has a pin on Daya, So RED has figured out Daya. And those are the only. Ol- those of- are
0: the only guys to pin him on the roster this year. Nobody from Toriyama or the Dragon Gate generation or unaffiliated have pinned Dragon Daya. His seven falls have come from the members of RED.
1: Yep. So this is the this completes the sweep. Uh, this match sucked. <laughs> really, <laughs> like I, I, match. I did
0: not hate this. Um, I, I
1: I went two stars.
0: So uh, <laughs> the issue here is Yoshida, who sticks out like a sore thumb, but I thought Yo handled himself really well against Akuda and Daya, and I I think, you know, we've talked a lot about the evolution of this house style and it becoming almost uh, like a bantamweight-type professional wrestling vibe, and I think Yo gets lost in that conversation a little bit, but I actually thought he held his own here, against uh, Daya and especially Akuda when it came to the striking. So I went a a full star higher. I went three stars on this match as one that was just an undercard match. I mean, it was 10 minutes, probably could have lost a few, but I liked it, and then it should be noted, you know, Daya takes this pin, and as soon as as the three is counted, the camera cuts to the entranceway, and Akuda has stormed off, and he throws his gloves, and he angrily walks to the back. So something is happening with Kaisuke Akuda.
1: Yeah, I guess, like, my thing was... It was really noticeable to me how little Fukuoka cared for Hio, Like, they just weren't even reacting whatsoever. So, yeah, he had to compensate for Yoshida, which, I mean, I've talked enough about Yoshida over the last month. But uh, he does get his best when he's facing Okuda. It just was not enough for me. No, that's and,
0: entirely fair. And it's it's tough for him to... Th- this is the flaw of the Day-Night doubleheader, is it's tough for him to rebound and look credible against Okuda and Daya when... A few hours ago, he was destroyed by Shuji Kondo, and I understand the booking on both fronts, but it's just, it's it's an optical thing. It just makes Yo look worse than he probably should.
1: Yeah, what ended up being a really fun match, which was a nice thing to bring me back up out of this, in my opinion, was the singles match. Misaki Mochizuki losing to a flash pin by Yosuke Samaria in, in just under 13 minutes, 12 minutes and 59 seconds. I thought this match rocked. I went three and a half stars on it.
0: I was a little lower than you, but I also... And I, I recognize that these two have really good chemistry with one another. They had another singles match in Cork and Hall. It was, I'm looking at it now, December 16th, 2015. And I remember people losing their minds for that match. And not even just the vocal Maria contingent or, I, you know, I, by that same coin, Mike and I are the vocal Mochizuki contingent. It was just <laughs> a, it was a match that a lot of people seemed to be really into. And I did not love it but i i recognize that it was a good match and that was kind of the deal here and i you know i look at what comes from this show where you now have a triangle gate match set up for dangerous gate with the goons and you now have uh, what is it the twin gate match that is set up on the 21st uh Manora and Jason Lee defending against Susumu and Dragon Kid so there needs to be a Brave Gate challenge on that show, or at least I would assume on a big show they'd like to have one. Is yeah. Yosuke Santa Maria the direction that they head? And they do Ishida versus Maria at Dangerous Gate.
1: That's at least my read of this. Like, it does seem like this might be a building up Maria for a title shot. Especially considering Ishida has already defeated Okuda in dubious circumstances, Jason Lee and uh, Ginky Gucci. Maria makes sense here. Like, it, like, I do see that as a possible route forward, and especially in the one title that they really haven't done a whole lot for since uh since Dan- since Memorial Gate, so it made sense. I guess, like, my thing, and why I was a little bit higher on this, is uh, they did do a little bit of comedy earlier, but it wasn't, like, the usual, like, exotico humor. It was basically based on both Maria and Mochizuki were, like, as soon as like someone was getting on offense, they both went nope and rolled out of the ring till nineteen, then rolled back into the ring to break the count and then rolled back out again and that had me cracking up. I thought that was actually pretty funny. And then Mochizuki is the only person who works the stomach as like a plane of attack. <laughs> that is true. And it was like it's something that Mochizuki did, like he put out like if the if you're able to take a match and put into a book and have it out as like a dissertation, he did a dissertation of that against K, against KZ two years ago. But here, this was like really solid as well, and the idea that Maria was able to, when it, things were getting kind of quick, and that you, were, you had a two-minute warning or right before it, she was able to get a clutch one. I thought that that made that like a really fun match. That on, on like a day of shows, that I was just like, this is th- this is twelve matches, and nothing's doing anything for me. I ended up really liking it, but did not like it as much as I liked this next match. What I think is the match of. Fukuoka, unless you had any more thoughts on this one case.
0: No, I, you're completely right that Masaki Mochizuki works the stomach more than any other wrestler, which is something that I had not realized until just now. Uh, so you can add that to his greatest wrestler ever pedigree. But no, this this eight man that we're about to talk about was the best thing on these two shows.
1: Yep, this was a Torimon versus R.E.D. eight man tag. Torimon team was Ultimo, uh, Nuruki Doi, Tsuji Kondo, and Giki Horiguchi going up against now. Shimizu is a member of the Goons today, as it was Ashida and Shimizu and Diamante and Kazuma Sakamoto. Ultimo got the pin on Shimizu with a of my straw cradle in 12 minutes and 8 seconds, and what I think was the best nut match of this show. And we really have to start—we were talking about this a little bit before here—Diamante. Diamante is a crazy person who decided to take two different Chris Hamrick bumps in this match and just was just, just bumping his ass off for 500 people in Fukuoka.
0: The runaway candidate for most improved this year is Dragon Dia. And I I don't even, I don't know of anybody that's even close. Because Dia went from being someone who was fine, I mean, could be good, to who who I think is legitimately the most exciting wrestler in the world and has some of the best matches this entire year. But if it wasn't for Dragon Dia, Diamante is the one that should be getting the praise because... I mean, again, he debuted in this company a year ago, like we talked about when we reviewed the last Cork and Hall Show, and he was almost unwatchable. I mean, it it is so clear when someone comes into this company and is just a step behind. And some guys are never able to make that step when they're not brought back, but the guys that continue... To stay employed by the company, and as we've talked about, Diamante will have a job as long as Altimo wants to wrestle, and maybe even then, maybe he's earned a job after that. The improvement is unbelievable. I mean, right now on the Dragon Gate USA Rewind and Rewatch series, we're just getting to the point where Rich Swan is starting to, st- uh, starting to spend ex- extended periods of time in Japan, and watching Swan just develop. I mean, you go from a Dragon Gate USA show in June of 2011, he spends the entire summer in Japan, he comes back in September of 2011, it is just a different human being. I mean, he just jumps off the page so much more. Diamante has been in Japan for an entire year now, so he is improving leaps and bounds, and I just love the way he's carrying himself now, where, you know, Shimizu and Kondo start the match, and they're they're bouncing off of each other, and then Shimizu tags in Diamante, and he, he doesn't, you know, cowardly wish for Kondo to exit the ring. He says, no, I want Ultimo, and then he and Ultimo come in, and they do their Lucha thing, which was, you know, it was, you know, fine at points, and then he he takes those two ridiculous hamrick bumps. I don't know why... He is hitting the hard ground when he doesn't have to but my god I love it and this was you know it wasn't four stars I went three and three quarters with it but man there was just a lot to like in this match this was the energy that was missing from everything we had watched before this even Mochizuki versus Maria even the main event of the first show those matches were good but they didn't have just the electricity that this match had it was really nice to see it finally on one of these Fukuoka shows.
1: Yeah. And the person like you've talked a lot about Diamante deserves it. Shuji Kondo has not lost his luster.
0: Oh, it's unbelievable. That was,
1: yeah. Like he was just throwing people around here. He was, he, he was able to do like Linzarce in the original, and he was doing his, his uh, hair whip uh, slam on top of someone. It just was a absolute blast. And this ended up being a whole lot of fun. And, Doi just being Doi. Like, he really now loves doing the Bakatari Senton. That's now, like, something that in a multi-man matches he will do the Bakatari Senton, and I'm still like, that move rolls. Keep it up, bud. I like this. Keep it up with this. And it just ended up being, like, just an absolute blast. It was only 12 minutes long, too. Like, didn't overstay its welcome. And then after the match, we had someone come out in a Dr. Muscle costume and laid out Shimizu with torbellino and steals the laminated uh, uh, cage entry form, we could always guess who it is, especially, like, for people who are new, uh, the big thing about Dr. Muscle and why this is different from Green, Ma- uh, the Demon Mass, is Dr. Muscles will do things. Like, Demon Mass will just kind of stand there. Dr. Muscles will do things. They will do other people's moves and try to think that they are someone that they're not. So, someone came in here and hit a Torbellino. Obviously, they, they make you think, oh, it's Yoshino, but who knows?
0: Yeah, I, Dr. Muscle, I, I could watch Dragon Gate for the next 20 years, and I will still never be able to predict what they're doing when Dr. Muscle comes into play. It's, it's the complete wild card that even I can never speculate on, on who it might be or what they might be doing.
1: I mean, there's been Dr. Muscles that were supposed to be someone, and those people don't end up in the company. Like, it's like <laughs> that, kind of, it's that kind of thing. But, it, but if you have seen Big R Shimizu's uh, cage entry form that is nicely laminated, he's very proud of this. Please let Big R Shimizu know. They are seeking out things. I don't know if there's an award there, but maybe uh Shimizu will take you out for an ice cream cone.
0: Big R Shimizu has a bad history of losing, losing stuff. things. <laughs> Cause what was it? He, yeah. he lost his gear. Am I, yes. am I remembering this? Right? I think it was dangerous gate 2015 and Shimizu lost his gear. And I think that same show the open the Dreamgate title was lost or misplaced or something and it was right. this weird show cuz there's specifically as i i feverishly scroll through cage match to find it yeah it is shima don fuji and Gamma, and they defend the triangle gate belts against uh Hawk, Aita, and shimizu and shimizu has like essentially like young boy tights on and shima beats the shit out of him It is an unbelievably violent match. And I I don't know if the Dreamgate uh, belt going missing was that same show, but I remember it being around the same time. It was like a confusing like two days where we were really trying hard to translate tweets and figure out what was going on. Because it was just all, like, it was too much weird stuff happening at once.
1: And that's not the only time he's lost his gear. He lost his gear when he was a member of Dia Hearts as the Triangle Gate champion, and they had him wear <laughs> they had him wear Young boy spats again. And he, there's a reason why Shimizu is Shimizu. Yeah, no, he's he's
0: presented in a way for a very specific reason.
1: Yes, yes, yes. So, and that led to the semi-main event. This was uh, a, a preview match for that cage match. It was Yamato and Kai versus Ada and Hulk. Uh, Ada pinned. Uh, Uh, Yamato after Kai did a misfire with a lariat in in 16 minutes and 20 seconds. This was more of what I was expecting out of that Sambo match that had Yoshida just completely take away from everything. But it just was like almost all teasing that Yamato and Kai aren't on good terms right now. Kai has said that he will win the match and then change Yamato's entry from 5 to 4. And Yamato's not taking very lightly that. So it it was an important match to have as like building up the stakes for the cage match. But outside of that, it was fine. It was a three-star match.
0: I think the Yamato, Kai, Ata cluster bring out the worst in one another. Now, granted, I would really like to see a Yamato versus Ata Dreamgate match at some point, but Yamato and Kai against any team with Ata, I just, I don't like the way their matches are ever constructed. And I talked about it a little bit on the first show, but you know, my big issue with Ata coming out of this weekend is this match... Because it was just so story heavy, and the cheating, and the ref bumps, and the ref distraction, and this and that, and I thought Ato was evolving past that as a wrestler. We saw him refuse the chair in the doy match, and obviously, you know, the excuse could be, oh, he didn't he didn't want to win the title that way, but he's still rotten at his at his core, which I understand. But I just I, I think these teams bring out the worst in one another, and I'm sick of seeing it. And I think it is bad news for Ata as long as he is champion whenever he's squared off against Yamato and Kai. Just for whatever reason, I just don't think they blend well with one another.
1: That's fair. That's fair. And then we had the main event. The main event was the match that I tried to talk about earlier Dragon Gate versus Torimon, six man tag, KZ, Minenora, and Lee versus Masato Yoshino, Dragon Kid, Susumu, Yokosuka. Sumi Yokosuka won it with the Mugen package on KZ in 17 minutes and 50 seconds. This was a solid match. This was actually like, other than like the uh, the, the eight-man tag earlier, this was the other like really solid match on this one. This is why I like this night show, the night show a lot more than the day show because it did feel like that they took it easy on the day show so they can go a little bit harder on the night show.
0: Yeah, I think if you're cherry-picking your way through this, watch the Tori Yuman versus R.E.D. 8 Band, and then watch this main event because... You know, it's weird, the clock's ticking, and we still don't know entirely when it will expire, but we're at the end of Masato Yoshino's career, and I thought him in particular, I mean, look, all six guys were really strong in this match, but it's really exciting knowing that Yoshino can see the light at the end of the tunnel. He's almost out of his, you know, his in-ring career, and he really pushed it against three guys that are, at this point, known for, You know, work rate and and this effort that KZ constantly puts in and Minoru and Lee have taken after him. They always work their ass off. And, you know, Yoshino is positioned in openers a lot of the time and he's not really necessarily working that hard, which, you know what? Hey, he's Masato Yoshino. He doesn't have to. But when he's positioned in the main event, he can still bring it. And it was great to see him, and especially, I I love the chemistry he and KZ have with one another, seeing those two go at it. Oh, my God, I mean, this match, I went three and a half on it, you know, a few days later, I I could, you know, bubble up a quarter star. I mean, I I, I really liked this match. It was a, a, a good way to end what was a pretty mediocre set of shows.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was a solid thing, and, you know, it's always nice, like, knowing that Yoshino like the clock is now ticking down that good to see him in the ring again like KZ he always has awesome chemistry with but like with Minenora and Lee you know there are two guys in the come up and especially with like Yoshino and Lee having that history with Maximum that was nice to see. Minenora getting the rocket pack it was like a nice thing to see and then after the match we had Dragon Kid and Susumu make a challenge for the tag team belts for the twin gate they don't really have a reason why they're making the challenge because they didn't Sasumu did score the two falls, but it's not like Sasumu scored falls on the champions. I, I think they're like, oh, yeah, we'll take the shot. Like, that's at least my internal justification for it.
0: Yeah, uh, it's, I, it should be a good match. I'll, I'll look past any minor booking discretion because I'm excited to see what, what those four can do with one another.
1: Yeah, and then we had two, We had one other show that happened that was not taped, and then we have two other shows that we're going to talk about before we talk about the last show for the month on the network. On the 24th, they were in Kagoshima at the Oro City Hall, attendance 119. I'm just going to run through the results real quick and we can talk about the one uh, addition and subtraction they made after the sh- before the show, if that works. Yep, go for it. All right, the opener was a six-man tag team match. KZ, Maria, and Strong Machine J versus Horikuchi, Takedo Kamai, and Madoka Kakuta. Maria got the pin on Kamai for the narrow luching in 14 minutes and 17 seconds. Singles match, Yamato submitted Kentoku Bune with a sleeper hold in 15 minutes and 25 seconds. Match three was a Torimon versus RED uh, tag match, and it was a Ultimo Dragon and Ryo Saito versus BB Hulk and Diamante. This was no contest due to interference. Uh, match four was Dragon Gate versus Torimon, six man tag. Benkei, Okuda, and Tomonaga versus Doi, Kid, and Yokosuka. Yokosuka over Tomonaga with the uh, Yokosuka Cutter in 16 minutes and 12 seconds. And then the main event was a Dragon Gate versus RED, eight man tag. Kai, Minenora, Lee and Daya versus Ada, Shimizu, Ishida, and Hio. Kai got the one on Shimizu with the Ganesuke clutch. And the big thing here on the show was that Sora Fujikawa was pulled from the show. He was originally supposed to go up against uh, Yamato, I believe. And then Kentucky stepped in there because they say he's out for Broken Jaw case.
0: Should we save our Fujikawa speculation for when we go over that Sambo Hall show?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let's hold off for a second. Uh, so. August 27th is another untaped show. It is from Aichi at five matches. You have a opener. That's Yoshino, Kagatora, and Hoho Loon versus Okuda, Madoka, Kakuta, and Jimmy. A singles match, Kanda versus Ishida. Six-man tag, Ultimo, Dragon, uh, Dragon Kid, and Susumu versus uh Kota Minora, and Kento Kabune. That would be something I'd have liked to see. Torumon versus Dragon Gate, uh, Doi and Sairyo versus Strong Machine J and Lee. Uh, eight man tag, Dragon Gate versus RED, Yamato, Benkei, Daya, Maria versus Ada, Hulk, Shimizun, Diamante. Two days later, they're going to be in Fukui, and it is another five match card. Opener, Doi, Fujin, Sachioko Boy versus Gamma, Keisuke Akuta, and Madoka Kakuta. Match two is a tag, uh, Kagator and Kabune versus Shimizun, Diamante. Match three is Torimon versus Dragon Gate, uh, Ultimo and sirio versus Yamato and Benkei. Match four: uh, Dragon Gate vs. Red Six Man Tag. Maria, Daya, and Strong Machine J versus Ada, Hulk, and Ishida. Main event is Mon versus Dragon Gate Six Man Tag. Uh, DK, Yokosuka, and Konda versus KZ, Minenora, and Lee. And that leads us to the last show of the night, which is at, which is back in Kobe Samba Hall. Rare, rare month. They have two shows in Samba Hall. It is on the 30th. It will be at five percent. 5 p.m japanese standard time that's 4 a.m on the east coast 9 a.m greenwich mean time and 1 a.m pacific
0: nailed it well done mike spears good good on the time zones
1: hey i i, I commit to my brain and i remember these things i'm proud of myself for it so this is an interesting show and because uh fuchikawa has a what they're saying is a broken jaw <laughs> they're doing another challenge match and they're and now this time it's going to be Kobune, Kamai, and Kakuta versus the R.E.D. team of Ada, Hulk, and Hyo. And it's interesting case. I have a conspiracy theory. It's just all my own. I'm going to lay it out for you in a second. Is there anything else on this card that's peeking out at you, though?
0: Yeah, I'm not, I, I like this entire, entire card. I guess I can run it down real quick before, and you already sound like a, a conspiracy theorist. You know, they, they say... Sora Fujikawa has a broken jaw. You know, it's it's like you're diving into a Facebook comment section with some alternative facts all of a sudden, which I I like. <laughs> it's a nice pivot for you. I mean, you've been in the mountains long enough. It's time you lose grip on a regulated society. So I'm excited to see the next few months for you. But as for the August 30th Kobe Sambo Hall Show... Which is the final, the eighth and final live show on the Dragon Gate Network this month. They have loaded it up with content. We end with Sambo Hall. It looks like a pretty fun show. We're in the ultim- uh, in the opener. It is Toriamon versus Dragon Gate, Ultimo Dragon, Masato Yoshino, and Cyrio against Strong Machine J, Jason Lee, and Dragon Daya. Match two is Yokosuka and Don Fuji against Gamma and Kaisuke Akuda. Match three is Toriyumon versus Dragon Gate in a singles match. It is a rematch from a, the January Kobe Sambo Hall show. It is Genki Horiguchi versus KZ in a singles match for the second time this year. Match four gets a little weird. It's a Dragon Gate versus Dragon Gate tag with Ben K and Coach Minora against Yamato in Yosuke Santa Maria. I think we will learn a lot about whether or not Maria is challenging for the Brave Gate off the result of this match, because she looks like the obvious fall post, but if she survives, I think a title match is in her future. Like Mike mentioned, there is a six-man tag challenge match with Kabune, Kamai, Kakuta against Ata, BB Hulk, and Yo, and your main event is Torimon versus R.E.D. six-man tag. Narukidoi, Dragon Kid, that's actually an eight-man tag. Uh, Narukidoi, Dragon Kid, Yasushi Kanda, and Kagatora against Big R, Shimizu, Kaito Ishida, Diamante, and takashi yoshida mike hit the listeners with your conspiracy theory real quick
1: okay so i've looked at the photo a whole lot (laughs) i've i've examined the evidence here and do i believe that maybe that that photo was shot maybe a moment too soon or a moment too late possibly but i do believe that they might be pulling Sorafu Chikawa because there might be a turn coming. And this goes on what we said last week. I wouldn't be surprised if he if, the, if we get a bunch of green masks coming out here and especially leading into Corkin. I mean, they have a Corkin in, in 10 days after this. So I think that maybe there is a chance and they've done fake injuries in the past and they've pulled people from shows and they've been under costume and then they are debuted as something else. I would not be surprised if it's Sora Fuchikawa under the green demon mask, his jaw perfectly fine, and he is the newest member of R.E.D. very soon.
0: It's a big leap to take. It's heavy speculation.
1: Oh, oh I'm purely speculating. This is me with my foil hat on. My, there's no 5G around me. <laughs> I'm completely, you know, drinking the pond water. You know, uh, having the colloidal kleidosil- silver. I've already started growing out a beard, so like I'm really getting into the aesthetic. here. Well, you don't have you saying. don't have
0: one of those muzzles on that everybody else is wearing when you go to the grocery store. I mean, you're really embracing uh, not only states' rights but your own individual liberty in this sense. But here's the thing, Mike you can ha- you can hand me over that tinfoil because I completely agree with you.
1: Uh, you, you see, it just—it's something they also had to reissue the announce the guidelines after that Kobe Samba Hall show. I—I I think maybe, I mean, it's also the fact that in Joshi, there's been a lot of positives over the last few weeks in COVID. I'm just saying. I'm not saying, but I'm just saying, could be a thing. Look at the statistics,
0: guys. You're looking at the wrong numbers. I—I I, I think. I I that was my first inclination was well for this match was announced before the Fujikawa injury and I sent you the match and I was like right. well they're obviously doing something with Fujikawa then the injury happened and I was like well maybe not and then as time has gone on I I think that's the direction they're headed as well. Uh, you might notice once again no Masahiro Inoue, and I I asked about him this week to to somebody within the company just to you know find out hey what's up with him and I was reminded of something that I think uh, I neglected to think of, which is that he technically, despite wrestling on tape multiple times now, Masahiro Inoue has only wrestled exhibition matches and has not right. made his definitive debut yet, and I I kind of forgot about that because typically. They do the exhibition matches on shows that aren't filmed, and he's been on weirdly high-profile shows and what have been, you know, these exhibition, so not real matches, which I just kind of completely forgot about because we've seen him a few times now. So that would answer the question as to where Inoue might be, why he's not in this match, and why he doesn't have a profile on the Dragon Gate website, but Kabune, Kamai, Kakuta, and Fujikawa do, and I think we are going to see especially Sora Fujikawa implemented into the booking plans sooner rather than later.
1: Yeah, it just seems like it is a convenient thing. Like, I could entirely buy that Mochi went a little high, like there was talk about him kicking in the throat, could buy that. But it also seems very convenient to me. And that is why I think that, and I'll let the record show, I do wear my mask when I go to the grocery store. <laughs> just want to say I am a sovereign citizen, but I do believe that we are in this all together. The government's not going to help us wear your mask, people.
0: Oh God, it's uh, it's it's a uh, uh, yes, yes. That's just <laughs> if for some reason you're listening to the show and you haven't been doing that, uh, may I recommend it? It is. One of those things that as soon as you put it on, I notice no difference. Uh, it does not impact my life at all. Uh, if I got kicked in the throat by Masaki Mochizuki, which you can see the picture we're referring to at Open VoiceGate on Twitter, uh, it's our most recent picture of Mochizuki throwing a high left kick to the throat area of Fujikawa, and, and again, maybe it broke his jaw, maybe it did. But I, Mike Spears and I, we're we're on a, We're galaxy branding this. We don't think so.
1: I'm just saying that there's a lot of things that it could be, and you know, if you see Green Demon Mask around in Kobe, start asking questions. You might be surprised what the answers are. Uh, just taking one brief moment to look ahead. Uh, we will talk more about Dangerous Gay as we get closer. We have more, enough time there. Uh, they are going to be off until they do their nice Okinawa trip. If you've seen us all like post the photos of them all in their Hawaiian shirts, they do two shows in Okinawa on next weekend. Uh, then they will be off for a couple days, getting back from Okinawa. They will be in Corken on Wednesday the 9th. They will have a double shot in Edion Arena Sokka number two. And those are the last three shows before Dangerous Gate. So we have a lot of stuff that's going to be going on. We have a little bit. It's not as pedal to the metal in September, but we still are looking at one, two, three, four, five shows on the network. And maybe I haven't heard if they're doing Nexent right now. Or Prime Zone, so maybe that as well. So it looks like at least five shows on the network for the month of September. But case, I feel like we thought like this is going to be a bit of a shorter one. Do you have any other big takeaways before we get out of here? The
0: Okinawa shows are not making tape. Is that correct? They never do. That's well, that, do. that's a bummer. I think 2014 they they filmed the Okinawa shows and they were a lot of fun. And I just recently went back and watched. It's actually Dragon Gate Infinity 100 where they show the footage from the first Drangate show in America, the Drangate LA show, and then the Hawaii show that they did. And that show was loaded with, I guess, behind-the-scenes footage of, like, world one hanging out at the beaches in Hawaii and it is such (laughs) a fun thing to watch like it is really a good time so if you uh if you have that mp4 laying around somewhere I would recommend revisiting that it's a very fun hour of television and it's a it's a bummer that Okinawa is not making tape because the one year it did it was a lot of fun and then we've got an Osaka double shot in September that I am absolutely pumped for
1: yeah it's going to be uh full barrel head. we have we have dangerous gate, then it's gonna be straight to gate of origin and then you know the crazy november that we will have but i think that's gonna do it for this episode we'll be back next week talking about uh the kobe Samba hall show and talking about what the month head is we'll probably talk more about dangerous gate then as we should probably have a good indication of where things are and then the full card for the the uh september 9th show which i think the only thing we have on the books for that is the six-way or the trios match is going to decide someone gets the right to change their entry number.
0: Yes, and once we have the results for that, we'll be able to speculate on the cage match, but because the results from last month are largely inconsequential now, we have to wait until the September Corrigan to talk uh, The September cork again to talk about the Dangerous Gate cage match. But other than that, it's full steam ahead, and I think that's all I have this week.
1: Yep, that's going to do it for me as well. You can follow us on Twitter, at OpenVoiceGay, as Kay said. Take a look at the photo. Let, let let the evidence stand for yourself. There, I'm just saying. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Uh, you can follow Case on Twitter at underscore in your case. You can find me at as well on Twitter at Fujiheya But for Case, I'm Mike, and we'll catch you next time on Open the Voice Gate.